Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome into some live and local programming. I'm Jay Binkley. This is the leadoff with Brandon Kylie. although Brandon Kylie is down. Hey, he went away again. I think he's got these weddings. This guy's always got weddings. Like, every time I'm in here, it's because he's got weddings. Yeah, he's uh, he's got his uh, apparently a wedding, and they're trying to celebrate his birthday today. Yeah, and I hooked him up with the four blues tickets as well. So he's hey, be nice. That. Yeah, I know. And what a friend, you know, what a friend. That's a good guy right there, Bing. What a friend, what a friend I am. Jay Binkley here, along with Kramer, the Kramer dog, producing the operation. Kramer, big night for him. He's got a pro wrestling debut tonight. He's uh, I don't know if you know this, but Kramer does a lot of stuff uh, with me, and he'll be on uh, Fesco in the morning for the month of December as uh, Ryan Mikowski. Actually, starting in November, Ryan Wachowski, congratulations. Child number three. So uh, Kramer will be in here for uh, Fesco in the morning for a little bit on that. Uh, so looking forward to that, Kramer. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to your debut tonight in pro wrestling. How does it feel, man? This is an athletic accomplishment. You're a former baseball player, Northwest Missouri State. You know, all home runs, a lot of strikeouts, you know. Now you're foraying into pro wrestling. It's uh, kudos. It, it's exciting and fun. It's uh, a lot of toll on your body, but I'm excited and ready for it for tonight. Yeah, yeah. You haven't broken anything yet, so that's a good thing. I don't say that, Bing, because then that's going to happen at some point. There you go. Knock on wood. There you go. You like John Gruden? Knock on wood if you're with me. That's what I'm talking about, Craver. That's what I'm talking about. You, you, you actually texted in last night, uh, Bink at night. We were talking. We had a discussion, and the discussion was because the NFL Top 100 is out now, and this thing is really cool. I think I think the NFL Network hit a gold mine with this NFL Top 100 because th- this is the talk they they created. We're able to create buzz, you know, and I, I think that network needs it. It's got the hardcore people like me to watch it, but you get the fringe people because you know maybe you're not into the daily workings of the NFL. Maybe you were a fan of the NFL, you know, in the 70s or 80s or 90s, and you don't follow, but you're you're curious. You're curious if your favorite players end up on the NFL Top 100 team, which there could be some Chiefs ending up on that list as well. I think it's an interesting list, but I had Rick Goslin on. He's uh, he's on that 26-member panel that selected these, and I talked to him last night. He joined the show. It's on demand610sports.com if you want to check it out. It's really good. I recommend it. But he was talking about this list. They got together, and they hammered this, this stuff out for days, you know, the different position groups. And he said the toughest was quarterback. You know, when you have to whittle it down to the finalist, they said that was the toughest. Because I asked him, what's the toughest position to do? And they've done coaches already. And then they did uh, players, or excuse me, running backs last night. And then they inducted two coaches. So they're going to have a total of 10 coaches. They had a list of about 20 of the greatest coaches. They put Paul Brown and Bill Belichick, which is interesting. Bill Belichick's one of the co-hosts of the show. So they probably got him together there over the summer. It's uh, Rich Eisen, Chris Collinsworth. And Bill Belichick. And I think one of the shows, I think it's better for Bill Belichick than anything else. He's only seen as this curmudgeon. 
the guy with the hoodie, you know, the hoodie on the sideline, and not having a great personality. You've heard his sound bites. You've heard his press conference. It's kind of boring. Kind of boring. He's straight to the point. But he's the greatest coach in the history of the game. But he's 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 very boring. But I heard that's not really him. You know, this guy's given up, been on stage singing with Bon Jovi and all this. But this shows a good like This is good for Belichick because this shows his side. He's in a storing of the National Football League, and it's showing. Because one of the toughest things to do is when, when you're going around eras. Because everything is recency bias. You're a young guy, Kramer. You understand what I'm saying. And I see it a lot from your generation. Not that my generation doesn't either, but I guess my generation will say, well, no, Michael Jordan's the best. Or no, John Elway was the best. Or Joe Montana was the best. And nowadays you might say, no, no, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's Tom Brady. Well, obviously it's Tom Brady. I think we can all agree on that one. But recency bias. Like, that's the best game that's ever played. I hear that so many times. It's a great game. That's the best game I ever saw. Or that's the best player I ever saw. It's the recency bias. So when you have to do the decades, through the history of the National Football League, it's tougher because there was fewer games. Like O.J. Simpson, when he went over 2,000 yards, it was 14 games. It's now 16 games. Again, you have to go between the eras. Lynn Dawson, the NFL was different back then. They didn't throw the ball as much. You know, we knew Lynn Dawson threw 30 touchdowns one year. You might say, well, Mahomes did that in like the first six games or seven games. You remember how fast he beat that record last year? Different era. It was it was an era where you ground and pound. And I think the whole thing is interesting. But they did running backs. And I did this thing last night where I said it was a question of the night. I said, if you could take one running back in the history of the National Football League to get one yard, one yard, a touchdown. And I said, you had to put your house on the line, your car on the line. Who would you take to get that one yard? You, like several, didn't understand the question. Somebody in the text line said, well, you need a more challenging question. I was like, what? Simple question. It's a good barstool debate. If you, I've sat in bars and talked about this kind of stuff. Like, who would you take? What quarterback would you take with a two-minute drill? In the history of the game, who would you take? What's the running backs? And you are Josh Jacobs, which is complete recency bias. You could have had the Juice. You could have had Jim Brown. You could have had Earl Campbell. You could have the great Marcus Allen. You could have all these, and you went Josh Jacobs. That mildly disappointed me, Kramer. No, here's the thing. So it, when I was tuning in, it was literally right before you went to break, and you just pretty much said, oh, which running back would you want uh, to have on your team? We'll be right back. In the history of the game, Kramer. And, uh, but I didn't hear that part because, you know, that's the radio. You tune in, you tune out at different times. That's a good point. Um, but if anything, if I answer that question right now, it'd be the bus. Come on, Bettis, one yard gets you a touchdown? Oh, I'm, I'm going bus. I want Jim Brown because, you know, I want someone. You know, some people were Barry Sanders. A lot of people were Barry Sanders last night. And he was more of a, a scat back, you know, you know, could move around a lot. But he had a lot of negative carries, too. Now, I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the history to watch. I mean, no, no question about it. Greatest player ever from the state of Kansas. No question about it. But was he the guy, the bull that you want to charge through there? And Marcus Allen, I thought, was an acceptable answer because Marcus was so good at contorting his body. He could jump over the pile and he could he could slither his way in there to get that first down. That's why he's one of the all-time leaders in touchdown. Not the Emmett Thomas, Emmett Smith is, but he's up there. But I want Jim Brown. I was between Jim Brown and Earl Campbell. You get your house in the line, man. That's a lot. Yeah, that would be a lot. And it's a lot. It's more than uh, for Josh Jacobs. And, you know, if, of course it is. Because I, I mean, like I said, I misheard the question there, Bink. But yeah, no, I would obviously take 
Barry Sanders or Smith before Josh Jacobs in, on a, in a heartbeat. Protein now, see what the purpose text line is going. Brandon Jacobs or Jerome Bettis. I've seen Brandon Jacobs several times. I used to think, you can use any running back in the history of the NFL. Why we going Brandon Jacobs? Here's another Mike Allstott. I like that one. I like that selection. Give me Jim Brown. Give me 5.2 per. He was tough to break. He was almost impossible to stop. Give me Bo Jackson. Bo is another one. If you were going to Raider, I'd go Bo Jackson. I'd go Bo Jackson. Or Marcus. I'd actually go Marcus Allen over Bo. Just because Marcus yeah. Allen had the way to find the crease. Exactly. And Bo just ran right through you. But anyway, I think there's going to be some Chiefs end up on this list. I think Bobby Bell is going to end up on this thing. I think Willie Lanier is going to end up on this thing. I think there's going to be several Chiefs. Represent Derek Thomas could end up on this list. I think there's going to be several Chiefs um, that end up on this. But anyway, I, I think this is fun. Anytime you put a list together, especially this, we have all decades, teams, and all this, but you're talking about the history of the NFL celebrating 100 years. But anyway, Rick Gosland is there. We have college football full slate uh, going on today. Kansas up at Iowa State. Iowa State, uh, big win last week against Texas. Matt Campbell, actually, the coach at Iowa State, has beaten every team in the Big 12, including Iowa State when he was at Toledo. So he's beaten them all. So that's good. They get started at about 11 o'clock. Kansas State tonight at Texas Tech. And I think this is an interesting game for Kansas State. Kansas State is the best local team here of Kansas State, Kansas, and Missouri. And in my opinion, it's the set to go in the best direction. With Chris Kleiman, I think he's building something there. You can see what he's building. Kansas State was picked ninth in the Big 12 this year out of 10 teams, ninth, which is no stranger for Kansas State. But they're exceeding those expectations. A couple tough losses. The one at Texas was tough. And Texas still has a pipe dream to make the Big 12 title game. They need help, though. They need help, though. They need to beat Baylor today, and then they need Baylor to lose to Kansas next week. They need help. They have three losses in the Big 12. That killed them at Iowa State. That hurt them. That hurt them there. Because if they both ended up with three losses, it would be Iowa State because Iowa State is a team that beat them head-to-head. Now, I will say this. They did beat Oklahoma State, so that's the way they have over Oklahoma State. But Iowa State sitting 4-3, and three, Texas 4-3, and three, Oklahoma State in 4-3. and three. It's probably going to be Oklahoma or Baylor. Baylor can cinch a, a shot in the Big 12 title game with a win over Texas today. If they don't get it, they'll have to go to Lawrence, Kansas and beat the Jayhawks. We're probably looking at Oklahoma and Baylor. Missouri tonight against Tennessee, and I think this is an interesting game. Both teams are 5-5. Five and five. And to me, both of them are kind of fighting for relevancy. Tennessee is a proud program. And you know what? Missouri became a proud program with Gary Pinkle going forward. I mean, it's a team that made two SEC title games with Gary Pinkle. We're talking Tennessee, you know, home of Peyton Manning. We're talking T. Martin in the national championship, Tennessee Volunteers with Phil Fulmer. They've won their last three games. They're 5-5. Five and five. But again, they, they want to get to a bowl game because they can go to a bowl game. Missouri, at this point, can't. But if the NCAA does rescind it, I thought Missouri was going to get a ruling on the bowl ban when James Wiseman, the Memphis basketball player, they ruled on him last week. I thought it would be a chance for Missouri to get in that bowl game. But regardless, looking forward to those games. The big game comes on at 11 o'clock. Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, College game day is there, and I love that show. I mean, that encompasses uh, the fans, the reaction. I, I don't think there's a better show on TV. I've talked about it before. But College game day is it. And Pat McAfee's been on there with him a lot. I think he's going to be the replacement for Lee Corso. See him jump on the um, – uh, I can't remember where they were at. He Baylor. In Baylor, that's Brazos right. Brazos River. It's, it's a, one of the most polluted rivers in Texas. And he and, jumped into it. But he belly flopped, too. That'll take the wind out of you. Oh, yeah. 
He was a guest picker when they were up at South Dakota uh, State. Back if he was the guest picker and they've invited him back, they must because he got a lot of good reaction of what he did on game day. To me, he's the next Lee Corso because they need somebody that's kind of goofy but yet intelligent. That's McAfee. Yeah, no, that, that's, he's that's got a perfect. great personality. He's done some wrestling stuff too. Oh, he still works for WWE. Yeah, he's done. He, he, I mean, he's tremendous personality, and that takes a special person to do that. What Lee Corso does, that it's been one of my favorite shows for years. Herb Street and Lee Corso. I think they do a great job because they get the the passion, the atmosphere. They get the whole. You get the scene. You, you feel college football when that's on. And Herbie, you know, goes to the game he's broadcasting. So he'll do this, and then he'll fly, you know, to the game that he's broadcasting, unless it happens to be the one that he's at. But Penn State, Ohio State, it had uh, Ryan Day, the head coach, firing up the band before at the Ohio State band. I love college football. I love the pageantry of it all. Love it. So we'll talk to uh, Nick Bromberg. I talked to him last night about this college football slate. We'll do that later. Plus, we'll check in with John Kurtz and the Kansas State Wildcats, you can hear right here on 610 Sports Radio. Plus, tomorrow, don't forget, uh, Patriots and Cowboys. Hear that right here on 610 Sports Radio as well. Let's turn the page and talk Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about this defensive mindset and why I'm excited about the Kansas City Chiefs going forward. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the leadoff. I'm Jay Binkley with Kramer, the Kramer Dog, filling in for uh, Brandon and Kylie today. Be back tomorrow, Bink Sunday. Looking forward to that. You're not with me tomorrow, you Kramer Dog. It's, you I, usually are. I'm not. He's got his big debut tonight. He's pro wrestling. This is his new uh, new hobby. New hobby. I get to throw my body around for fun. New hobby. Tonight is your debut. Oh yeah, excellence. You guys do this at the uh, Air Red Shrine. Yes. Over close to Raytown, Missouri. Close to Raytown. So you'll be going tonight looking for that. You going to go see Kramer. You can't. Can they still get tickets? Oh, yeah. Good. Get them at the door. All right. Get them at the door. 5 o'clock is this when you start? 5 o'clock is when the doors open. I think 5.30 is when uh, the first match starts. Good luck to you, Kramer Dog. Thank you. Have you ever a real wrestler? What's that? Have you ever been a wrestler? Have I ever been a wrestler? Yeah. First time. I never did it in high school. Did it like the, the amateur stuff. Never did that. So let me just throw myself in the wolves of pro wrestling. Did you ever think about MMA? No, no. I can't throw punches, man. Never crossed your mind? No. I, I like the way my face looks right now. And pro wrestling is the safest way to keep my face looking the way it is. Take one off the top rope, though, man. That's true. Hit the table. I've only, I jumped off the top rope once. Can you break tables like the Bills Mafia? Oh, I can, break a, oh, I can break a table. Flaming tables? Flaming tables. I can do whatever you want to a table. Wrap that baby in barbed wire. I got you. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. So, Crame Dog goes tonight on that. Mentioned the Chiefs defense and very, very happy about what happened. As a fan of a football team, you like to see when things start coming together. And I know the Chiefs record is not what you thought it would be after 11 games. You thought it would be better. But the best thing is, and the best solace is, this division is not good. Division is not good at all. However, the Raiders... I do think are showing some signs. And what the Raiders have done, and we've talked about it, the fact that this rookie class that they have, you want to talk about how to build your program, you do it kind of like the Raiders are doing. Number one in rushing yards with rookies, number one in receptions, number one in scrimmage yards, number one in scrimmage TDs, number one in sacks, second in in receiving yards for rookies. It's unbelievable, and Jonathan Abrams not even playing 
that was a first-round pick out of Mississippi State. But this is Mike Mayock. It's what he's done. And I think the Raiders are going to be the team to watch out for for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think our rivalry is back. I think it's going to be Raiders and Chiefs going forward. I don't think much of the Denver Broncos. I don't. I think they're kind of spinning their wheels, to be honest with you, on that treadmill. Use the treadmill and the track analogy a lot. You're either on the treadmill or you're on the track. I think the Chiefs are back on track now after that defensive performance. I like the attitude and I like the mindset because they actually won a game with the defense. It wasn't where the offense did some things and the defense did some things. No, that was pretty one-sided. I thought the defense really bailed out the offense in that game because the offense wasn't doing it. Here's the thing. It's not easy playing at 7,500 feet. It's not an excuse. It's just reality. The thing's two, over 2,000 uh, feet higher than Mile High Stadium. And those guys were sucking oxygen. Even the Chargers who went to Colorado Springs to uh, train that whole week. It's just much different. And that was at about 7,200 feet at the Air Force Academy. But they stepped up. The offense was sputtering. But the defense stepped up for them. And I'm glad. Here's Joe Mays, former linebacker who does uh, the Players Only Show with Dana Hughes. Six o'clock on on, uh, on uh, Thursday nights. Great show, by the way. And uh, Joe Mays, former chief, you remember him, and he joins Fesco in the morning on Fridays. He said this about the Chiefs' defensive mindset in December. You have to change your mindset now. Was that a changing for the Chiefs and their mindset going forward? Could have been. Here's Joe Mays. Absolutely. The games change, man. I mean, you know, they become a little more – it, it, I mean, every game is a battle, and each game is is, is equally equally as important now. Um, I think now they're not only playing for the chance for playoffs, but they're playing for home field, which you know it's going to be an uphill uphill battle. But the better standing they have, um, you know, the, the better um, position they're going to be in for the playoffs. And there's really several reasons for that, and also a nice four interception game does help your confidence. Could have been five in that game actually, but it ended up being four interceptions in that game for the Chiefs. They hadn't had many interceptions this year. I think it was six going into that game before uh, coming in spurts there against Phillip Rivers. Oh, they're walking away feeling fantastic. I mean, you know, especially going into the bye week, they, they, get, they get a chance to watch some film and see some things that they did great. But they also get a chance to see some things that, you know, they can work and improve on. So, um, you know, leaving that game, getting the interceptions, getting the W, it was super important heading into the bye week. And I think that's going to carry, you know, later on into the season. These guys are getting, going to have a chance to get healthy and, you know, they're going to be able to play better. And everything is set up for this team. Andy Reid's 24-3 and against the AFC West since 2015. Three of the next five games at home against the AFC West. This is tailor-made for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is. And Raiders coming in next week. Going to be interesting to see if the Raiders can beat the Jets. I have the Jets winning this game over the Raiders. And I'm going West Coast to East Coast. You saw the stat that Carrington put out there. 80-133 and since 2003. Teams going from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's, it's tough, and especially that's 11 game, 11 a.m. game Eastern out there. I, I don't see that's going to happen, Bink. The, the pass rush for Oakland's great for right now. Well, the networks hope the Raiders win because they're trying oh. to set up Raiders-Chiefs because oh, they flex the game from noon to 315 next weekend. Which but, I can't wait because I'm going to that game. I know you are. You're, you're excited. I'm excited you're going to the game. But the thing about it is I love it because it's Raiders-Chiefs. This is rivalry. I sit down and do that football pod and barbecue podcast each month, I did one with Bobby Bell and Bill Moss. Uh, before we, I, one of the questions is the Raiders. Why do you hate the Raiders so much? And then that's it's a rival, rivalries are good in sports. They're good to have. The Broncos became that rivalry for a while because they were relevant and they were good. They're not that anymore. I felt going into the season, the Chargers were actually the uh, team that the Chiefs need to look at as the rival. 
just because the Chargers, you know, were twelve and four last year, right. beat the Chiefs at home last year. I mean, Andy Reid's been incredible. He's beaten the Chargers now ten of eleven. He's beaten the Raiders nine out of ten times. He's beaten the Broncos eight straight times. It's it's ownership of this division. Andy Reid has put his stamp on this division, and so has Pat Mahomes. But one of the one of the good signs, I think, was Frank Clark. Here's Kyle Brandt from NFL Network talking about Frank Clark. He puts him as maybe one of the most important players in the AFC going forward. Frank Clark, I think, was the best player in this game. And I also think, in a way, one of the most important players in the whole AFC. I'll tell you why. It's his relationship with Mahomes and that offense. I remember a young Peyton Manning would put up numbers and numbers and touchdowns and touchdowns. And when Dwight Freeney started to explode is when they really turned the corner. It's like, I need somebody. The Warriors are in Golden State are going to score 130 points. I need my Iguodala to keep LeBron from to 30 and not 40. I feel like Frank Clark is that guy. Made a bunch of big plays last night. And even when he didn't make it, he was close to making it. And you start to envision if the Chiefs are really going to do this thing, it's going to be a big play defensively against maybe Derek Carr or Lamar or Brady or somebody. I still think the Chiefs cannot. I think they'll figure out their offense. I think they cannot 46 to 38 their way to the AFC title. I think they need somebody who's a shot blocker. And I think they got it in Frank Clark. And he was going against Pipkins. All right, Pipkins, a Division II player from Sioux Falls, was a third-round pick, making his first NFL start, but he did what he had to do. There was no depth at defensive end, and Frank Clark stepped up, and this is what they counted on. This is why he got the money. This is the $100 million contract to come in here and be a difference maker, set that edge, which I do think was the right choice. I would take Frank Clark over D. Ford. You know, at me if you want, but I would. that D. Ford's not even playing tomorrow night, to be honest with you. He's already been ruled out for the 49ers. But I, but I like what Frank Clark, I like that intensity. He's got a little bit of edge about him. And that pinch nerve did make a difference uh, with him going forward. But I just think with him and the Honey Badger, and the Honey Badger kind of taking that leadership, I mean, these were the guys that were going to be counted on for the Chiefs. And I think they're showing up. I think the Honey Badger's, you know, already been there. This is what uh, the Honey Badger, when he joined Fesco in the morning this week, said about he and Frank Clark leading the way for the defense. I think we view ourselves, you know, really as the leaders of the defense and, uh, you know, so it's, you know, really our, you know, job to, to really, you know, set the tempo, right, set the pace. And, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, like I said, um, we've been doing some good things this year. Um, so, uh, you know, are we trying to really go, go into this last stretch uh, uh, and really put our best, you know, work on tape and uh, really try to make our defense, you know, really, you know, shine bright, you know, uh, going into the postseason. To me, that was the best sign of the Chiefs going forward and into the playoffs. Because Chiefs aren't going to be the number one or number two seed. They're going to have to go on the road and play. And you know what you need on the road? Defense. You know what you need on the road? Pat Mahomes. I'm not worried. Pat Mahomes is good on Mars. Pat Mahomes will. You know, he had his little setback in this game. Wasn't perfect. Don't worry about Mahomes. He's going to be just fine. The offense is going to be fine. But I needed to see the defense to step up and win a game. Even Derek Nottie talked about it, you know. They need to step up. And win this, win, win these type of games. And I loved what he had to say. You know, Okafor's talked about it with Matt Moore, and then Derek Nadi was talking about it after after this game. And I loved what he said because he was talking about this defense and stepping up. He told Herbie Teopia, the star, we want to go out in a game and, and not only rely on Patrick to seal the game, but also no disrespect to him. But as a defense, we get to carry our loads. So when it came down to it, we were able to do it. I love that attitude from Derek Nottie because the defense did step up in the right direction. Here's the honey badger about just that, that uh, week 11 game against the Chargers, a step in the right direction for this defense. What I, what I think should make every Chiefs fan happy 
you should be happy to now as a Chiefs fan for a couple reasons. One, what I just mentioned, three of the next five against the AFC West at home. But not only that, the defense proved at the end of the game. This wasn't the Packers game where the Packers were able to seal the game with over five minutes to go. This wasn't the Titans game with Tannehill coming down and beating the defense. That makes you take a step back. That makes you pause saying, can this defense get the job done in the postseason? Phillip Rivers had four chances, and they kept calling him a Hall of Famer on that game. He might. I think it's going to be a stretch for him because he didn't have a ring. We'll see what happens with Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's got the numbers. But if you're going to argue with Eli Manning or Phillip Rivers, <laughs> Eli Manning's got two rings there, both over the Patriots. Here's uh, the Honey Badger on taking a step forward. We've kind of been up and down defensively, and, you know, we've been doing some things, you know, really well and other things, you know, not so well. So uh, I thought Monday night for us, you know, was a step in the right direction, you know, uh, given it's the last stretch of the season, right? And, you know, we only have, you know, six, you know, games left, and, you know, it's important for us to to put our best work out there, um, to, to, to really go out there and try to win, you know, every snap, every rep. And, you know, I was really proud of, the guys that did make the play, you know, like Dan Sorensen and, you know, Rashad Fenton, those guys stepping up, you know, really making big-time interceptions. And, um, you know, I think Frank Clark, you know, probably played his best game, you know, in my opinion. And, you know, he was so active and disruptive. And um, uh, we kind of fed off of each other, you know, Monday night. And, you know, we was in a different atmosphere, you know, different environment. And I think the people of Mexico, they really treated us well. Um, they were so hospitable and, um you know, they really showed out and really made it a great environment for us to really show up and, and, and try to play our best ball. Check out that full interview on demand, 610sports.com, when he joined Fesco in the morning. Coming up next, we check in with Pete Sweeney. Does he believe in the defense down? Does he believe they've turned a corner? We'll talk to Pete next. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to leadoff. Jay Binkley with Kramer, the Kramer Dog, producing the operation. Green and Kylie comes your way next Saturday. Dusty Likens and Nick Price coming up next out of bounds between uh, three hours. Till three, then Chris Lucero, Julian Carroll, and Julio, Julio Sanchez for an hour on out of, out of bounds. But here's the thing. It's time to talk to the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. His name is Pete Sweeney. What's up, Pete? Hey, Jay. Happy Saturday. Happy lead-off. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, you got any words of wisdom for the Cream Dog? He's making his uh, pro wrestling debut tonight. I know you like pro wrestling. Well, I just think if, if you're going to do anything, right, and you're in the ring and, and, you're, and you're struggling, just kick him right in the stomach and give him a stone-cold stunner. You'll be good to go. Stunner? I, I appreciate that. I might actually do that. Can you do a stunner? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go out there and do one on Dusty. You know what? I will. <laughs> That's right. Pete, uh, I've been talking a lot about this defense going forward, and you, you know my thoughts. Uh, we, we wrapped it up. I mean, I had my thoughts on the defense uh, with you on uh, Sunday night, or excuse me, Monday night when the Chiefs played the Chargers when we did the postgame show. And, you know, I was happy about it. You know, I was happy, and the more I thought about it, the happier I get about the Chiefs, to be quite honest with you. Three of the next five at home against the AFC West. Andy Reid, 24-3 and against the AFC West since 2015 but not only that the defense went out and did something we've been asking all year they went out and actually won a game and to me those combinations of things make me pretty happy during the bye week yeah I I think the one thing about the Chiefs D is they stepped up when you needed them right they didn't have the best first half the yardage was like very very ridiculous 
in favor, um, you know, of the other team. And, and, and what they were able to do at the end of the game is, well, when Patrick Mahomes, for the first time we've ever really seen in the regular season, was struggling, they were able to step up, you know, four punts for the Chiefs offense in a row. And it's, it's sometimes like, it, you know, if you want to compare it to baseball and the Royals, like it's that timely hitting. Like in that stretch when they were a really good team in 14-15, a lot of it was timely hitting. And so, yeah, the Chiefs defense didn't have the best first half, but I really like what I saw at the end of the game. Well, it's also, you know, you, to use that baseball analogy, if your hitters are going into a slump, it's when your your pitching staff picks it up, you know, when they start dominating. Or if your pitching staff, you know, is going right. through a tough time, it's where the hitters will come out and put up eight or nine runs. You know, it, it's somebody else picking up the other side. And I finally saw that with the Chiefs. And, and not only that, but Frank Clark had a great game. He was our uh, Arrowhead Pride MVP uh, of the game that night. And, again, I mean, against – you know, the competition is the competition. He played against a Division II tackle. But the bottom line is he had to step up. He had to step up because of the depth. But do you think he's finally coming around? Do you think the injury is finally starting to subside a little bit with him? Yeah, I mean, Jay, you were up at a bunch of training camp, and I, I talk about it all the time. He just looked like an absolute monster. And I think we finally saw that on Monday night. We've been waiting all year to see that. And I think that's a positive sign. It's a good sign in the right direction for both Clark and the defense. And that was the night, too, where, where against the Chargers, Jones really didn't have his best game. I, it's, it's wild, and I, I keep saying this, and, and if you listen to 610 a lot, I sound like a broken record, I'm sure, but we still haven't seen every unit play well while being 100% healthy, quarterback, offense as a whole. Defense, defensive stars, special teams where there's no fumbles or McCole Hardman taken at the five. And yet the Chiefs are still seven and four. It's really hard, Jay, and you know this, to go seven and four in the National Football League. And we haven't, you know, I don't think, even seen close to what the Chiefs team can look like when they're all playing well. You know, and that's, I think that's part of the offense. You know, there's a lot of, I had a lot of questions. Why do you think the offense, you know, kind of stuttered in Mexico City? I've got a couple reasons, and you tell me if they're legit or not. One, I'm looking. The Chargers had a good defense. Let's face it; they had a good yeah. defense. They were fifth in the NFL going in that game too. I do think that altitude got to them. I think it got to the Chargers. I think it got to the Chiefs. You saw them sucking oxygen. And that's 7,500 feet. Let's make no mistake about it. It's 2,000 feet higher than Mile High Stadium. And three, when you're missing Tyree Kill and you're missing these pieces, like you talked about, how the different units haven't stepped up. We haven't seen really a fully healthy Chiefs offense either. No, and that's the thing. That's what's crazy. I, I find, too, I, I mean, and, 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 and I look at, at the Chiefs offense, and I, I look at Mahomes. I look at Travis Kelsey, and I look at Tyreek Hill. If you have those three players, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily care as much about the other eight guys. If you have those guys going, I think you're in a really good position. I think that's like one of the best trios in the National Football League. Like, granted, you need the protection. You want some help from running backs and, and maybe a second tight end and other wide receivers. But if you have those three guys and all of a sudden you know, Tyreek is opening things up for Travis, Travis is opening things up where Tyreek can go over the top. Like, I think that is, that is a, a recipe to say for yourself, you know, we can really beat anybody. And I don't care if it's the New England Patriots or the suddenly really red-hot uh, Baltimore Ravens, if you give me Mahomes, you give me Hill, you give me Kelsey, hard for me to bet against the Chiefs. Pete, I'm already in Raiders mode. I, to be honest with you, as a fan of, of sports rivalries, I, I think this, uh, and I know the Raiders still have a game this weekend. I know the Chiefs 
you know, resting up for the Raiders, which, I mean, she, Andy Reid's, what, 17-3 and three coming off a bye. Right. But the fact is the Raiders and Chiefs, I think this makes it fun again, Pete, that finally our old rival who's really fallen off to irrelevancy is finally sure. is finally kind of the taste of the town, the taste of the league, people talking up the Raiders. I think this makes it fun for the Chiefs, and I think at 315 this game was flexed. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know what, and, and it's you know, I'm probably going to be a little bit blasphemous here, but there's a part of you, and, and Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're feeling this too, where you don't really want to see them slip up with the, with the Jets. I'm really looking forward to a 7-4, and 7-4 and four matchup where it's for the AFC West. Like, Of course you want the Chiefs to win, but it's going to matter so much more if the Jets don't somehow upset them this weekend. The difference to me about the Raiders right now, and we, we've talked about it, I think, off there, with Derek Carr, he's just so likable. Like, granted, of course, you always want the Chiefs to, to kill the Raiders, knock them. But this guy, I mean, this is not the Raiders of old, where uh, the guys are, are are people that you hate. I mean, John Gruden is pretty hateable, but like when it comes to Derek Carr, um, I don't know. And they're they were a hard knock team. They're they're a team that you could see where uh, people around the league, when you're not in the midst of the rivalry, would like them. And it's fun to have a rivalry that uh, matters again. And you can only have that when the team is performing well. It's a good young Raiders team. I think this is going to be a good young rivalry because you look at all the players that are under the age of 30 for the Chiefs. A lot of young players here. It could it could start with next Sunday and continue really. I think for the next like decade, you know, because the quarterback is still pretty young. They've drafted a lot of good young players. Patrick Mahomes is still 24, so this could be it right here for the foreseeable future. And I know the teams look at Mahomes in Kansas City and they think, all right, Kansas City is going to be set for the future. I look at the Raiders that way, too. This rookie class could be the best rookie class ever drafted. Mike Mayock did a fantastic job, and that was the big offseason question. Were they going all Hollywood with Mike Mayock, or could he make a difference? So far, I mean, I went over it earlier, number one rushing yards, number one sacks, number one yards from scrimmage, all this from that rookie class is unbelievable. But that's how you build a team is you build them through the draft, and that's what they've been able to do. Yeah, I, ter- I told Vern this yesterday. Um, I can't take credit for it. It was from Rich Eisen, who I really respect and admire, and someone I, I kind of hold by some of my takes after. Uh, but he said the only reason the Raiders' draft class wasn't popular is because Mike Mayock wasn't there to tell you about it. <laughs> if he was still in the media, if he was still like in that. the media... Yeah, I thought it was really clever. If he was still in the media, then the draft class would have looked spectacular because Mayock has been talking these guys up for months. And you're seeing that it really did translate. Again, a guy's going to have one good draft. I'm eager to see how they do next year. I'm eager to see if Brett Beach can kind of have a repeat of this year. Obviously, this year's draft class for the Chiefs has been way better than the year before. Uh, so it's fun. The rivalry's fun. Uh, you can only have a rivalry, as you know, Jay, when both teams are good, and you're starting to see that with Chiefs Raider. Here's the thing about Mayock that I always found interesting going to that draft. Like, he had a bunch of contacts, and he knew these GMs because they told him things. Like, great draft guys talk to people, and they know which direction a team might be leaning. The thing is, is he learned the tendencies of all other teams. And I think this was something to be counted for, the fact that Mayock kind of learned through the years, because I thought he was the best draft guy out there, he learned the tendencies, where teams might go, who they're looking at. He could probably tell from pro days who's out there. John Dorsey once told me he watches the pro days to see who's watching him. Is it the position coach? Is it the GM? Did the head coach slide down for it? You know, that shows your interest level. I think that gave him an advantage. Yeah, it's funny. you got to be careful about the media. I remember when the uh, Chiefs were playing the Texans in the playoffs. It was John Gruden's last 
uh, analysis game where, where he was going to be the analyst on, on the game, the color analyst. And they walked into the production meeting, and everyone knew that he was going to be the head coach of the Raiders. And Andy <laughs> Reid uh, reportedly, jokingly, just dropped the playbook and said, well, here you go. And so he goes from uh, being able to talk to all these coaches about uh, the insight, what they're doing, their strategy, and then all of a sudden they're competing with him the next year. You could say the same thing for Mayock. I'm sure there was a lot of GMs out there that felt like they could be open and honest with Mayock, and then you, you blink, and you're going up against him. And I think you saw that that could lead to some success. And I think there are a lot of reasons that's why John Gruden was so nice to everybody. He was always like, I like this guy. Let me tell you about this guy. Because he could be coaching him at some point. You didn't want to throw him under the bus. Final thing for you, Pete, on a Saturday, and I appreciate you, you joining me as always, Pete. Last night I had a uh, topic of the night because I brought on Rick Goslin because he's part of this NFL Top 100 committee where they narrow these down and they did the running backs uh, last night and they put two coaches into this as well. And I, I put post something. said you could take any running back in the history of the league, any of them, to get one yard, to get that touchdown. You're on the goal line and you have to give up your house or your car. That's what you lose if you don't get that touchdown. Who would you take? Give me the bus. You're going bet A lot of people going bet us. Tech side's full of bet us. He did yeah, not make the NFL there. top 100. Yeah, I would go. I would go. I go to run bet us. I love. I love those big running backs, man. I. I really do. I really do. I went Jim Brown. I went Jim Brown. Uh, Earl Campbell, yeah, of course. That's Earl Campbell one. was another one. Or I would go Pete Sweeney. I would go Pete Sweeney. Get my yard. You know, slither your way in. You know who I know you, Jay. You know who I know you wouldn't go. And that's Damian Williams. We know that. <laughs> You're a smart man. Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Make sure you check out them. They're going to have plenty of content going forward to the Chiefs uh, Raiders game, as we will hear on 610 Sports Radio. Take care, Pete. Enjoy your Saturday. All right, Jay. There you go. Pete Sweeney right there, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. My second favorite, Pete Sweeney. His dad, Big Pete, is actually my favorite. Uh, be in next week, so. My second favorite Pete Sweeney is actually the Pete Sweeney, but uh, Big Pete is also Pete Sweeney. You know, he's junior, I believe. I should start calling him junior. I mean, I, I'll, let's start it. Let's start calling him junior. <laughs> I'm down. We'll see if he goes for it. We'll see if he goes for it. Coming up next, though, wild card in the NFL. It's uh, I'll tell you who's set right now for the wild card. Who do the, some of the experts see as the wild card teams in the NFL? Bring you that next. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, along with Kramer the Crame Dog, producing the operation. Brandon Kiley back with you next Saturday. I, I've seen a lot of refrigerator Perry for my my question that was yesterday. You get one yard to get that touchdown. Here's the thing about Fridge, though. He was kind of an anomaly because he was so big at that point. It was cool. It was in vogue to give him the ball, even though in the Super Bowl, I think they should have given it to Peyton. But the problem is, everybody's that size now. Have you seen the size of these guys? Look at Mike Pinnell for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're like 6'4", 320, 330 pounds. These dudes are big and they're fast. Look at Don Terry Poe when he ran a sub-5 40-yard dash. The size, the speed of players is much different now. It's scarier now. And that's the one thing when you're looking at eras, the difference between weightlifting and training. You know, guys are training all year now. It's like baseball. You know, baseball players used to use spring training to get in shape. You know, you'd lift a little weights. Even though weightlifting wasn't real prevalent in Major League Baseball, they'd lose a little weight, do the running. Now they lift weights all season long. These guys are rocked up and ready to roll. They don't need spring training. Only pitchers really need spring training going forward. The wild card as it sits right now 
in the National Football League. And I'll be honest with you, it's going to be kind of kind of nice to sit around tomorrow and just be able to watch the games, enjoy them. You can listen to the Patriots and Cowboys right here on 610 Sports Radio. But, you know, just chill out. It's the bye week. You know, relax as a fan. Isn't it kind of nice to relax as a fan? You can sit there and root for the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. And I know Pete was going for the Raiders. Because he wants to see that, you know, that build-up matchup. It would be, be fun. Chiefs-Raiders, same record. You know, smack the Raiders down a little bit. It would be kind of fun. Let them feel themselves a little bit. Because if they beat the Jets, there's going to be a lot of Raiders talk this week. A lot of Raiders talk about the Raiders being back. As we sit right now, the Raiders are the sixth seed in the AFC. The uh, Patriots are the first seed. Baltimore's the number two seed. Houston's the three seed at this point. Don't forget they have the tiebreaker with the Chiefs because they beat the Chiefs. However... They've got kind of a difficult schedule coming up. Chiefs are the four seed. Chiefs have an easy schedule besides the Patriots because three of the five are at home. So that's that's the big one. To me, that's the big one. The Chiefs-Patriots game, that's the big one. That's the, that's the litmus test. How far is your team? You beat the Patriots, all of a sudden people start talking about the Chiefs being the number one team in the AFC. I'm telling you, if they go and beat New England, this is what they'll talk about. The narrative will switch. And I thought the narrative could have switched in the offseason had the Chiefs beat the Patriots in the playoffs. People would be questioning, is Tom done? Like they did before when the Chiefs beat the hell out of him in 2014. Is Tom done? Well, he's been to a couple Super Bowls and put a couple rings on since then. So he wasn't done. He wasn't done. But that would have switched because people are questioning that offense in New England right now. It doesn't scare anybody. The Ravens scare me more than the Patriots do because they can run the ball. And you look at the top 11 teams in rushing in the NFL, they're all playoff teams. You got to run the New ball. New England's an outlier, there. but yeah, you got to be able to run the football. I, I know advanced analytics, we say throw the football, whatever. No, Buffalo is the fifth seed. A lot of people liking the Buffalo Bills. Here's John Clayton who joined the drive this week. This is who he thought um, was going to be the wild card teams in the NFL. What's going to be the Bills? Because they're going to win 10 or 11 games because of the easy schedule. I mean, they've only, remember, they've only had one game. They're, they're this year's Chicago Bears. And where I mean this year's Chicago Bears, and at least they don't have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, <laughs> but what they are is that uh, you go back to the Bears last year, and we all overrated them. Now, you know they have a very good defense, a, a sensational defense, but uh, you know they, they weren't able to do much on offense. And so what happens is they had a schedule where they only had five games against winning teams. And so that meant that meant that they went, uh, you know, seven and three against, uh, or eight and three against losing teams, and that's what got their record to twelve and got them the division title. In that, now you come back this year, and you know now you've got the more teams in the division that almost equal what you have as far as winning records. So and they had a tougher schedule, and they paid the price. Well, Buffalo's going through the same thing because they've got a defense that's going to hold teams seventeen points or less. They get enough out of Josh Allen at quarterback. You know, they, they did some smart things in free agency going for volume, quality volume, not great players, but quality volume. And so they're a deeper team that can withstand injuries. So they're going to win 10 or 11. And, again, a lot of it's the schedule. Now what they have to watch is don't get into the complacency that the Bears did this past year. You know, make sure you still keep trying to get the team better and get some stars. A lot of love for the Bills. The Houston Texans, by the way, mentioned their schedule going forward. They get the Patriots. Next week, at home. And then the Broncos chalk up that W. At the Titans, at the Bucks, Titans at home. I mean, the, the Patriots, daunting, but the rest of them are winnable games for the Houston Texans. I thought that Colts game was huge for them, you know, to beat the Colts in that game. Because the Colts and Texans both have those uh, tiebreakers 
over the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Bills are one of those teams that he sees. This is the fun time of year when you start playing about playoff positioning. You start to talk about who's going to be the teams going forward. This is what Therese Paler said, and you can hear him on the Therese Paler show each and every Monday with BK at 6 o'clock, and he joins uh, Fesco in the drive two through the week. This is who he said his wild card teams were. Well, I think one of them you know is going to be my Bills, okay? Because yeah, I, I said that before the season. I've said that before the season. You know, my Bills have been have been uh, they've been doing it, and uh, I don't know. The last spot is up for grabs, man. Like probably a team from the AFC South, like maybe the Colts or something. I don't know. Like it, you know, um, maybe the Browns. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to pick the Browns because they're a nightmare. But they should be because their schedule is so easy down the stretch. You know, it'll be some team that gets that that gets lucky down the stretch. Um, I guess I'll pick the Colts just because I like their coach and I like their quarterback, and they show a lot of signs of competency as long as Brissett's healthy. So um, I don't think the Raiders are making the playoffs. I think they might win nine games. They'll probably win eight. You know, I I, I just – that team has a look of an eight and eight, nine and 17 to me. So, you know, I, I guess I will go with the Colts, but I'm locking in my Bills. I'm in on the Bills. <laughs> there you go. So Trez likes the Bills as well. Certain little wing place I like up north of the river that's a big Bills place, too. They have Bills, uh, dudes from Buffalo that runs some of the best uh, hidden wings in the city. And they have Bills fans come. They, that's where they go watch the games. And when the Bills come to town, they always have thousands there. The Bills Mafia invades north of the river. That's that's a fun group, by the way. That'd be a sight to see, to be I honest. Mean, they are, man. If there's one place to tailgate, I think it's the bucket list in the NFL. If you didn't live in Kansas City, you'd want to go to Kansas City. You'd want to go to Arrowhead Stadium. I think going to Lambeau Field's a bucket list item for true NFL fans. Going to Canton, Ohio, Ohio, seeing the uh, the Hall of Fame. But I think tailgating with Buffalo Bills fans got to be up there as well. Yeah, I, that's something that I would like to do as well. I'd be kind of nervous the entire time when Larry, what the heck they're going to do to me. But yeah, but you know. could use your wrestling skills, your that's pro true. wrestling skills, jump off a pickup truck onto a flaming table, give an elbow, and then drop chug on a there. beer. Yeah, there you go. I can easily do that. See, I like to chug. I can go chug with Bills fans. How about this? Uh, I do the table stuff. You do the chugging stuff. That's fine. All right, perfect. Maybe, maybe a team. tag team. Tag there team. There we go. <laughs> hey, let's go to Bills Mafia. Let's go up there to Orchard Park. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, college football is getting ready to kick off here in about two minutes. Penn State, Ohio State, one of the premier matchups uh, getting ready to go here at 11 o'clock. Kansas gets set as well. I talked to Nick Bromberg about college football We'll talk. To, we'll talk. I'll play you that next to get you la- ready for the slate of college football today. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, six ten Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.